1976, Taxi Driver was released. Directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Paul Schrader, the film accumulated four Academy Award nominations, including Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Score, Best Actor, and Best Director. Taxi Driver also won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. It was a critical and commercial success. Hello, my name is Cody, and I'd like to welcome all to this week's Film Assist podcast episode, covering Martin Scorsese's filmography, and finally talking about the film that made him, Taxi Driver. got to a point in Scorsese's filmography where I actually seen one of his films before. Now my original thoughts were anger and boredom concerning this film. I thought it was just another piece that everybody jerked off. That was a good five to seven years ago. It was also the only time I saw this film. Now, after watching Martin Scorsese's films in order, I definitely have a new perspective on it. That opening shot is great and has so much weight behind it when you know what has come before it. You can easily see that Scorsese went up a level or two between his studio film Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and this little Academy gem. Now that I've seen more films and have experienced more of Scorsese, I can honestly say that I respect what this film was doing but I still do not like it. I'll touch on my feelings about this unpopular opinion of mine, but for now, let's get into the movie. Thank God for the rain. Just helped wash away the garbage and the trash off the sidewalks. I'm working long hours now. Six in the afternoon to six in the morning, sometimes even eight in the morning. Six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. It's a long hustle, but it keeps me real busy. The movie begins with the introduction of a taxi gliding through New York City like a shark. Travis Bickle is the driver, an honorably discharged marine veteran who cannot sleep. As his reality is being warped by his sleepless brain, he starts to think about the city, its inhabitants, and how fucked up the world is. Now at this point, I think I should talk about the picture. In 2011, Sony gave it a huge overhaul for its 35th anniversary, and to promote the Blu-ray, it got a 4K digital transfer that looked absolutely gorgeous. The colors pop, New York looks real, it's quite astounding how good the picture looks and how it still feels appropriate toward the movie and time period. By that, I mean it doesn't take anything away from what the movie is. But back to the movie. Travis is seen as a loner, an outsider, which is a common theme for Scorsese's main characters. As he's driving around, the movie shows his perspective of the world, especially in New York and how much has changed. He talks about the filth 
and garbage that the city is accumulating, and how nobody is doing anything about it. Robert De Niro, playing Travis Bickle, is great. I didn't think much of him when he appeared in Scorsese's Mean Streets. I actually thought his acting was out of place in that movie, but not here. De Niro does an incredible job at portraying Travis's sleepless emptiness, as well as his depression, confusion, and every motivation that runs through Travis's experience. Unfortunately, though I was riveted by his performance, it doesn't support the dullness that is the rest of the film. Most of the time, the movie doesn't even have a plot or any driving force. It's about Travis's experiences and encounters with the world that are inwardly changing him. Whether they be a rich guy telling him to go faster so that he can have sex with a girl, or another guy hiring him to stake out his wife that he's planning to kill, the movie chugs along at such a slow pace that it will make you tired and in a way dreamlike as you're watching Travis's transformation. Now some of you will say that's the point of Taxi Driver, and to that I'll say you're wrong. During the commentary, Scorsese talks about how he wanted to make this film, about how he saw things in the world, and how he talked, which included him talking fast. Because he talked fast, he wanted the film to have that same energy. And as he explained this, I couldn't help but feel that the opposite effect had happened here. Taxi Driver is not the Wolf of Wall Street. That, I can understand, is pure Scorsese. But here, it's incredibly methodical, to the point where you want to scream at the movie to pick up the pace. Which brings me to my next point about the film, and that is love. Travis has a difficult time finding love. In between the filth and garbage of New York, he happens upon a woman whose name is Betsy, working for this guy, Palantino or whatever, who wants to run for president. Travis's relationship with women is... Well, it's like his relationship to everyone. Distant. He knows what he wants, but when he has to interact with them, you realize the difference their worlds are. Yeah. I'll tell you why. I think you're a lonely person. I drive by this place a lot, and I see you here. I see a lot of people around you, and I see all these phones and all this stuff on your desk, and it means nothing. And then when I came inside and I met you, I saw in your eyes and I saw the way you carried yourself that you're not a happy person. And I think you need something. And if you want to call it a friend, you can call it a friend. You're going to be my friend? In the case of Betsy, she sees a guy trying to be macho to get her attention. But to Travis, he's trying to find a kindred spirit. The longer the two interact in the coffee shop, especially the erotic movie date, she pushes Travis out too far, and he snaps. He comes into her workplace and shouts, nearly gets violent with a guy trying to help her, and then runs off into the night. You can take this further by viewing Travis as a non-sexual entity. He frequents a porno place 
and yet his expressions when watching their movies of that are that of indifferent almost as if he's trying to understand what's going on and taking love advice from a fantasy at no point does he make moves on betsy to get into her pants instead he values her beauty and tries to get to know her it just didn't work out and as i thought about these things i couldn't help but think is travis a virgin and i think he is or if he isn't he certainly lost that ability after going to vietnam now love is a theme that constantly comes up in scorsese movies and the way he's used it is all tragic travis doesn't understand it in boxcar bertha love leads to death and suffering in mean streets love invites the scum into your life in alice love is something that vanishes like violence sometimes i wonder if martin scorsese is trying to figure out aspects of his life through these films speaking of themes the elephant in the room when talking about taxi driver is the heavy theme of depression i mean the film opens at night with a brightly lit taxi gliding through the fog and the rain washing over travis's windshield there's just no better visual metaphor for depression than that and also the film tackles travis seeking and at times asking for help in numerous scenes where people just shove him off and say he'll get past it now back then in the 70s depression wasn't widely known and dealt with as we deal with it today but the film does a good job of addressing it and how the people around him address him what's interesting about this theme actually is that writer paul schrader was going through something similar he was depressed and living out of his car just driving around looking before he realized that weeks have gone by where he barely talked to anybody and he felt so isolated and alone and i think that really translated well into his script which he wrote the first draft in 10 days fun fact what i find interesting about taxi driver more than anything is the filmmaking i don't care about the film but learning things like it was an eight-week shoot mostly at night and how scorsese wanted to balance his studio work with his personal projects and what gave me layers of respect for this film filmmaking thoughts like how travis is walking down a street and they shoot it in soft focus to keep him isolated from new york or using brass instruments to signify travis as a character is tough as iron in his experience in war or how the you talking to me scene took three hours to film or how scorsese really put a lot of effort to capture new york by making sure if travis's taxi cab turned on the street it really was him turning on that street and not an edit where he ended up three blocks away that kind of stuff is what interests me more about this film and as i dived deeper into that the more i understood why i don't gel with scorsese films 
And I think it's as simple as we're not on the same wavelength. As mentioned in my last episode, I talked about how he's looking for the realism in movies. Movies that represent life. And that's not what I look for when watching a movie, for example. In the commentary, he constantly talks about this film is supposed to be fast. And yet, I only got the opposite effect. Similarly, he talks about how he chose his paranoia scenes for Travis. Uh, were filmed as if from a horror movie from Mario Bava or George Romero. I did not see anything representing those filmmakers here. Or when you got to Jodie Foster's room when Travis tracks her down, it's filled with candles and Scorsese was talking about how this was to represent something ritualistic. Which he talks about again with Travis going to the movies and Travis burning roses. And yet, I don't see it that way, and I'm starting to think that the reason I don't like Martin Scorsese movies are as simple as we come from different worlds, and I don't interpret what he does. The movie has great cinematography and music. God, I, I love the music so much, and one of my favorite scenes is when Travis drops an Altoid or something or other into... Um, it's a glass of water and the camera zooms into it as it's bubbling and the surface is just everywhere and it's trying to reflect Travis's emotional turmoil. But I still don't like the movie. When the film came out it got critical and commercial success. But it was also met with controversy when depicting violence and showcasing a child prostitute. In 2012, Sight and Sound, a movie scene, named it the 31st best movie ever made. By 1994, the U.S. Library of Congress selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. I guess I've already said my final thoughts on this. Uh, the only thing I can add is by saying I know I shouldn't do this, but because of the world, and especially country I live in now, I can't help but compare Travis Bickle to the people who go around doing public shootings and how the film makes him a hero out of it. But that's something else entirely and doesn't really have anything to do with the film, I guess. Um, discussion for another time, maybe. So, with that, I'm ending on a downer note, which I apologize for. Um... As usual, you can find me on this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, my personal blog at filmassist.wordpress.com. This week, I wrote some interesting articles on the problem with trailers and a, re a review of the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Go check out some better podcasts <laughs> like uh, Random Movie Roulette, Test Pattern, and Vericon Video while you're at it. Uh, join me next week as I'll be going over New York, New York. So until then, goodbye.